Hey there, I'm Jo, and this is Looking Outside. Join me and some of the most influential and original thinkers in business and beyond as we explore fresh takes on familiar topics. Do you ever see a really great idea and think, man, I want to speak to the person who came up with that. Well, today I've got the pleasure of doing just that. I'm speaking with the founder of an incredible product and initiative, Sochili, Moritz Everding. Welcome to the show, Moritz. Hey, Jill. And yeah, thanks a lot. It's nice to be here. Yeah, so happy that you could join me for all the way from Germany. Uh, I think you're the second German guest that I have on the show, which is very exciting. Yeah, and I'm still curious how you found my profile and like my still yes social business in the making so yeah uh maybe i can start with the first question on your side like how did you find me (laughs) how did i find you well actually a relatively interesting story hopefully i uh do foresight for a living so we're constantly scanning the world for signals of the future so what are new startup smaller organizations doing that is giving us a sign of where the future is headed and so chile came on the radar Wow. For a piece of work that I was doing for actually kind of a global landscape of food that gives back or food that is sourced more responsibly or food sovereignty. So empowering farmers to do to do better and kind of creating these products that help to empower the people who actually make the produce. So your So Chili product came up on the radar and I'm like, oh, what is this? And actually, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this because what really struck me was when you, I think you made a video or a statement and you said, anyone can make a chili sauce. That's not necessarily what makes us different. What makes us different is the way that we do it and then the way that we give back to communities and to the farmers. So Maybe that's a good segue for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, first of all, I'm really happy to hear that that's the way you found social. So it does yeah, already like check a box for my vision because I do actually want to inspire other businesses, other food businesses, yeah, to also see, hey, how can our products uh, make a change? And um, yeah, to start off there, so my name is uh, Moritz Everding. I live here in Germany and I was crazy enough to think that yeah, a hot sauce company can make a change. And uh, I started the company called Sochili, or if you just speak it a bit differently, Socially. And you already get a hint about, ah, okay, it's about social impact. And yet actually all started on my podcast. I have um, a German speaking podcast, some English episodes as well, with two of my very good friends. The podcast is called Purpose Projects. And we had one where we have very, very inspiring people come on and talk about how they're making a change. So a bit like your podcast. And uh, in this podcast, I also got to meet Thorsten Schreiber. He's the founder of the company called Africa Green Tech, where he empowers villages on the African continent. There are 600 million people on the African continent who do not have reliable access to electricity. And he has like this off-grid solution, uh, of course, solar-powered to help people get first-time access to electricity. And yeah, on our podcast, like when when the episode was over, he was asking me like, yeah, um, like what do I do besides my hobby podcast? And I'm like, yeah, I work in business development and innovation field. And um, yeah, I would always want to have small hot sauce company on the side. And maybe we can even combine that with your purpose, with like empowering yeah, villages with electricity. And that was like the first start 
of socially actually so this this small idea of hot sauce company giving access to electricity that was the start and yeah a couple of months later we actually started the company now i'm on the market with my products we have three hot sauces and um yeah we sold about like a thousand three hundred hot sauce bottles and i'm saying that very transparently because every hot sauce which we sell enables one day of electricity for the farmers or the families in, in Senegal. So that's the Western part of Africa. And of course, we don't go to one family and say, hey, hey, you have one day of electricity. It's always, I always save up 365 bottles. So in sales, so I have one year of electricity and then one family gets um, the first time access to electricity. So a question just popped into my head. So what happens after the year? Like, do you... Do they become, I guess it's a, if it's the farmers, hopefully they become more financially self-sufficient so they can then afford the electricity. But what happens after the 365 days? Yeah, so I would like to begin even like, even the name of your podcast is, is great because looking outside, it's exactly what you have to do also in this case. We can't imagine living without electricity. Like right now we're on our MacBooks taking, like doing a, an episode that all wouldn't be possible without electricity. And if you live without electricity, that doesn't only mean you don't have access to light, but also you can't charge your phone, you can't have cooling system and so on and so forth. So it's a huge way of self-fulfillment that you might not even have access to because you don't have access to electricity. And that's, first of all, why we're doing it in the, in the first place, to give like a, a heads up or let no, no, like a, a starting ground for the people um, who can't afford the electricity by themselves. And we do this in close cooperation with a community which is in Endiop in Senegal, in this village. And we do it by, or we, we regulate it for one year because we don't want to have new dependencies. That's like maybe also a difference between social business, which socially is, and NGOs. Of course, it might, or it might happen that the, the family won't be able to pay their bills after one year, but we have to regulate it because otherwise you just have to spin, spin it around. Imagine Senegalese hot sauce company would pay your electricity bill without limitation. Then you have a new dependency of like, you're never going to calculate those costs. And all of a sudden when that Senegalese company would stop paying your bills, you're going to have huge problems. And that's why it's one year. And of course, we know that not only electricity is a privilege, but also education. So we work together with an NGO or a foundation, which is in Senegal, and we do empowerment workshops with these uh, families, which we give access to electricity. So they learn how to use electricity for the very first time. That's on a very basic level, but also how they can build up and save money so they can pay these, yeah, for us, very small amounts um, after that year is over. Mm, yeah, it's it's just incredible, and it's it's very eye opening, isn't it? When you, even when you were saying the situation with access to electricity in many parts of the world, but in rural Senegal, from your website, uh, extreme energy poverty. Every second person no, has no permanent access to electricity. It's something that we can't even imagine in the developed parts of the world. Exactly, and that's that goes even not only for Senegal but for many many African countries, especially if you compare rural to urban areas. It's the rural parts where there's no infrastructure, and there are a lot of great companies and a lot of great projects trying to change that. But still, like I said, it's 600 million people 
Right. That's, that's more people that live in the U.S. So right. about double huh? that that live without electricity. Yeah, and a growing growing continent is gonna definitely need uh, support in the future. But also, I like how your your focus in the organization. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is around offering support or systems of support, but then also supporting self empowerment. So that kind of uh, self-education training so that they can then once, you know, you move on to the hopefully next amazing venture that you're doing, they will continue to be self-sufficient and that then expands across. And maybe just to give like one story from the empowerment workshop, which we just did in May, Fatu is a lady which now has access to electricity with her family. And she told me that before they got electricity her children always came back after school it's like in the afternoon and the first kid did their homework then the second kid did the homework and of course it takes a while and not all children got their homework done by nighttime and nighttime in the rural part of Senegal without electricity is nighttime you can't see anything so they share their phone which they have in their family they live together with 10 people and they always had to share the phone uh, for the lighting so they can do the homework and learn for school. And that meant that the last two kids, yeah, one kid had to go to bed at like 12 uh, at night and the other kid had to wake up at five in the morning to do her homework. And Fatu just told me in that workshop, yeah, just with the access to electricity, that isn't a problem anymore. And the kids can go to bed uh, on time. And that really gives you a different perspective on life. We're living a very, very privileged life. And the people there, they want the best for the children, just like we do. They're so heartwarming people. They love they love their village. They love to yeah, get stuff done, just like we do. And yeah, companies like mine try to force those cooperations between the global north and the global south, inspire others, and just show that yeah, social consumerism is the way for the future. Yeah, I love that entire concept, social consumerism. And so I, you said it before, social business is this idea. And you have said this before as well. You believe that profit and purpose can go hand in hand. I love that entire concept that you can create a business model that makes you self-sufficient and prosperous, but can also be structured in a way that is responsible and ethical and doesn't just support you and your developed market, but supports the growing emerging markets. Businesses have a responsibility and if it's a small business uh, like socially or a big corporation of like mcdonald's there is always a part where companies can take responsibility of course purpose is uh that's like my i, I love everything surrounding purpose and corporate purpose and especially when you found a company so from the beginning you have to build up on a very yeah tight purpose so for me it's empowering farmers in the global south and then building everything around it. And every everything you do has to like play part in that uh, purpose. And doing this podcast also is playing part in my purpose of empowering farmers in the global south because I hope a lot of people listen to this and say, hey, I'm going to check out socially, maybe to have it as like an employee gift, or they're going to say, hey, I can start my own business. Also, yeah, have an impactful or play an impactful part with my business, so... Yeah, or even just, um, you know, try to become more aware of what is the story behind the products that we're buying? How are they farmed, sourced? What is the mission of those organizations? And I think what I particularly love about 
socially. <laughs> was that uh-huh. right? Yeah. <laughs> socially. Um, and what really drew me to it was that you were doing something, first of all, you were doing something for the global south. So there are a lot of organizations now who create these kind of purpose-led campaigns that are much exactly. more for the developed markets that that have more progressed and progressive issues versus kind of fixing a lot of the things that are foundationally wrong and unequal in many parts of the world. And then the second part that I loved was that you were so tangible about what you're giving back. Like you can actually say for every bottle we sell, we give a day of electricity. I mean, that kind of like transparency in what you're actually doing is uh, quite rare inside of particularly the CPG industry, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Still is. I hope that will change. Um, transparency throughout the entire supply chain now is being pushed through regulators, but um, yeah, it's, it's businesses going like the extra mile and showing others, hey, you can have your entire supply chain transparent and nobody will copy you. And even if they do copy you, hey, no one's going to put in that much passion into your uh, business as the others. And yeah, I have my entire supply chain open. So we're growing the chilies in, in one village. In Volof, that's the, the, the main language in Senegal. Chilies are called Kani. And I'm telling you, the Kani from Senegal, they're just different. They they have like this really rich taste. And we have like a pre-production there where we, we pre-process the chilies to a chili mash. And we import that to Spain. We do a very, very nice hot sauce. We mix it with other ingredients. And then it goes to Germany. And yeah, I'm selling right now on the German market, especially. And who knows, if we talk again in two, three or four years, I hope that the entire hot sauce maybe will be made in Senegal. But of course, that that takes a lot of investment, a lot of uh, efforts because the supply chain grows exponentially, of course. Right, right. And I can imagine in a organization where you're trying to balance kind of business resiliency and creating an infrastructure for the business that is going to sustain growth, but also balancing that with making sure that you're doing it in a socially responsible way. You're constantly sort of making business decision trade-offs of like what is right for the, the broader organization, which will ultimately have a positive impact, but maybe compromising things in the shorter term. But that's, I guess, just a natural, I mean, it's a natural part of business to make those sorts of trade-offs anyway, but particularly a lot of pressure for you. Exactly. And I, I love that you mentioned that topic because there is a sense that social businesses always get evaluated by the public a bit differently than, than like regular businesses. Like, hey, you can't say you're sustainable, but you're doing that. And that is something that I've been learning now uh, after one and a half years of socially. Like, I do have my clear vision of like, hey, this is the most sustainable product as possible. But you do have to think in versions and not only for the product, but for every process step for that product. So, hey, maybe for the chilies, I'm already in version 3.0, but for the transport route, I'm in version 0.5, but on the packaging, I'm in version 6.0. And that's something that you do have to always fix on and always say, hey, where you have the biggest impact. For socially, the biggest impact is uh, at the beginning of the supply chain of paying a fair price for the chilies and at the end of the supply chain, giving access to these rural communities or these families who live in these rural communities. And that's something that uh, we can start off like right away. And everything that comes in the next months and years, that's something that I can now fine tune. Yeah, with uh, hopefully a lot of hot sauce sales, because let's be honest, 
you can have the most sustainable products uh, you want. If it doesn't taste good, uh, nobody's going to buy it. And that's also something that people tend to forget. Uh, you do have to be a bit mainstream. It does have to look nice. The product design has to be on point. Here you are on the call. You can see like this is the <laughs> bottle. It has to look nice. It has to feel good. It has to, like you, you need to have it on the table and not only for hot sauce, for every yeah, consumer good. And yet you just put that layer of social impact or impact on top. And of course, it's a lot more work, but it's a lot more fulfilling. You're doing a lot better work. And you also have a USB, which I hope that people will see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to try the sources. So just to be clear, I can't buy it from the US. I can't import it from Germany? Uh, not yet, Not no. yet? <laughs> not yeah, yet, okay. not yet. All right, next time I'm in Germany, or maybe I can ask my colleagues in Germany to send me some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'd love to we'd love to taste it. So, you know, I know you were talking about the chilies are different where from where you source them. So, how many times have you been to Senegal? For Sochi, I was there now for uh, two times. So, it's it starts like you have to find the right producer for chilies. And that also was a huge journey for me. Like first I wanted to work with other farmers where it didn't work out. Now I've found a perfect farm which is even organically certified, which is very very rare in Senegal. But for me, very, very important, pushing organic trade, also thinking about climate consequences of your food and organic plays a huge part in that. And yeah, for that, I was there twice. And that's also something that I love. Uh, we live in such a digital world. And I think that 95% of startups or business can be done digitally. And for the rest of 5%, you have to be willing to travel around the world in order to, yeah, making your vision actually happen. And of course I would, actually I would, I would love to go to Senegal even way more often, but I don't have to do that. I have uh, my co-founder Torsten who lives in Senegal, who always has that network there. So if stuff that, yeah, just pops up and which is important to, to get done immediately and you have to reach the people in the village, I have my way of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's incredible as well. But also, um, like very smart that you're you're kind of thinking about what can you do and what can you maintain and keep going without actually having to be there and leverage the resources that are on the ground, not just from your business partner, but also from the other social communities and charities that you mentioned before. But then also at the same time, and and Seth Goldman mentioned this to me when he was talking about the tea product that he makes is actually it's so impactful when you are able to go even if it's once in a while to the farmers and actually speak with them firsthand and see the impact that you're making in the communities i can imagine that those stories have really stayed with you as well of course and uh also that's also one of the main reasons why founders do it of course and of having that feeling like, hey i can see the impact and that's the yeah, special thing about social impact it is tangible not only like the product itself but also the impact so when you talk to the families and it is important to have those milestones throughout your your journey but it's not about me so i don't have to i don't have to be the guy who has to be having because um i was in the village um for a week it's uh, it's about them and uh, how they want to use the electricity how they can uh, build up something that uh, yeah, they didn't have the chance before. And yeah. I think uh, that's something like this tangibility of, of impact is something also, which is important, especially during these months where it, maybe it is rough uh, to, to start a company. 
uh, to just say like, hey, like the company is doing good. So going back to the very beginning, so you mentioned that you had the Purpose Projects podcast, which you started in 2020, if I'm correct? Yeah, with my friend Boris. And now we also have my friend Alex also on the podcast. Nice, nice. And for anyone listening, if you speak German, you can enjoy it. <laughs> and I'll link it into the, the show notes as well. So you can take a listen. Um, and I know that you cover a range of different topics on the show. So plastic alternatives, green energy, vegan. So I can imagine that you have traversed a range of different topics that are important for social change and for evolving the world and being more climate forward and things like that. So was it that you, when you were doing the podcast and diving into these topics, it sparked the idea for you to start a social business or did you always have that in plan and this kind of like little fire inside of you to do that? And then the idea for the chili product came from that. Yeah, great question. So the idea for the hot sauce company, I've had that actually since 2010 when I went to Mexico for a year. So this entire love for hot sauce and chilies grew there when I was still like a student. The The love for purpose-minded business grew throughout my studies and also through my, my work as a business developer where I saw okay, every project should have like a sustainable core and and can can be part of something bigger and this podcast was or we started the podcast just to show others also like hey like you, you need the the tangible people like like the project hey that sounds like oddly or i don't know there's so many companies that just show hey it is possible to to go another route and um, that's what we try to do with our podcast to just give people and also ourselves like, yeah, these real life, yeah, best practices of people showing, hey, you can combine purpose and profit. Yeah, that's that's the the main reason why we do it and why we're still doing it. I have to say it's it's a hobby. I think uh, maybe you can also touch upon why you're doing looking outside. I would love to love to hear that. But we like for me, it's just like a huge source of inspiration. I love to do my deep dives into new topics and read all about that topic and then get to meet the person. And that's something that you had in school, also during your, your studies. And it, like once you're on the job, at some point it does kind of stop. You're always like in your field. So for example, you're always in the field of food and, and beverages. But you never get to hear about yeah, you had something someone I think from the airport uh, or you, you had a pilot on I, I saw uh, so you never hear about yeah. a pilot so mm. if you're interested in talking to a pilot yeah what's what's like yeah, <laughs> the, the podcast is a great opportunity so yeah right yeah that that's why I love podcasting and that's why we do it to just yeah hopefully have a lot of more purpose projects in the future how about you why do you start looking outside and why do you do these uh, types of interviews. Yeah, I think you you really hit the nail on the head. I think it's very similar for me. I felt like the learning journey shouldn't stop, particularly if you're, you know, very well versed in whatever industry you're in or whatever field that you're in. You can be an expert in that but continue to learn. Um and I think what I really enjoy about the podcast is that I get to listen. So, like yes, I love the fact of, you know, like researching a different topic or figuring trying to figure out through research, you know, why, why is it that this person could have gone down this path and created this thing and what makes it successful? Or even in the case of the pilot, you know, what is that intersection between business and foresight and 
manning an airplane. Like wh- why did this person connect those two things together? That kind of curiosity, but then actually jumping on the podcast and just listening to their story. I find that probably similar to what you were touching on before. I just leave so energized um, and energized. Yeah, for I know the, what you mean. Energized for the future as well. Right. Because they're just sparking so many different connections for you and making ideas that are quite conceptual, very real for like, how could you go and actually create a business? Like I love how you said before the, like almost like the layers, the, the versions that you're trying to create is I think a lot of people, for example, when they think about a socially good organization, they think they have to either evolve the organization that they're in today, which means throwing everything out, which of course, like no, no shareholder is going to sign that off. Or they have to make this absolutely perfect product that is fully sustainable and fully ethical and and also hopefully delicious at the same time. And sometimes that's actually unachievable, but it's those little small steps that you can make that make it impactful. And even just the story that you tell around, you know, where we're trying, we're constantly evolving the business and constantly trying to grow the product and make more of an impact in the communities in Senegal's I think there's so much for people to take away from that, even if they work in a you know massive multinational organization. Yeah, but of course there are like bad apples, like that love purpose washing, green washing, and right. as an employee, you do have to see, hey, we are in a climate crisis, we are in a biodiversity crisis. You can call out your business, or you can change even the business or the field you're working in. To say, hey, I'm gonna be part of the the change and and have my impact, even if it's a small impact. Does it doesn't matter? Like I'm I'm gonna be on the right side there, and I I think that uh, a lot will happen in that field uh, in the in the next years, especially seeing uh, so many climate crises now pop up, and yeah, at some point people are gonna ask them, hey, what are what is my company or what am I doing, of maybe helping. In, in for these problems and uh, yeah. one indicator. So I, I think, yeah, in 2023, almost every company now has a vision and a mission statement, but also like a purpose statement now. And especially like in the field of consumer goods, I love, like I, I have this check in my mind, like a purpose check, like is the company that has that, like is the does the product even matter for that purpose? So for me, like, does it even matter that I'm selling hot sauces or could I even be selling like mango smoothies or whatever and still have the same impact? And I think I could like, okay, it would maybe be a spicy mango or, but it's still all about empowering farmers in the global South and having, having that purpose check in mind every now and then, um, does help a lot and, uh, aligning like, Hey, are we on the right way? Are we doing that? What we want or why we started the business? Yeah, with socially, I'm I'm just at the beginning. I hope I'm gonna be a huge brand someday. But um, oh yeah, doubt. I think that's something the future Joe and the future uh, Mo will, will listen to. <laughs> nice, love that. Also, just I think it's important what you said before that you're not a charity and that you are trying to still make a product that the the masses like. I mean, you're in the business of commerce, right? So you want to give people more of what they want um, because ultimately you know the everyday person spending their money with you and your brand is going to benefit your social cause so give them something that they want and that is obviously delicious and high quality and great value and all of those amazing things so it's the marrying those two things together that i think is really powerful 
And that's the the core of social consumerism. So, of course, you could say, hey, why don't you just donate to a charity in Senegal, which empowers farmers with access to electricity? But I think the statistic here in Germany is like that 0.1% of the loans which the people get are donated. And like, we're not altruistic. Like we want like this, some sort of reward. And uh, that's something often like these social consumerism brands. For example, we have a huge brand here in Germany, which is called Share, uh, which does great, great work there. They also have this one-to-one principle, like you buy one water and you help a, a water project in another part of the world. And that's something like these rewards. That's what the people, of course, want. Not only the, of course, they want the good hot sauce, but they also want the good feeling like, hey, I did that and uh, maybe they even wanted to talk about it and of course that is a discussion which i want the people to have when they're eating dinner like hey why does electricity even matter and seeing um yeah how privileged maybe we are living and even thinking about the con- consequences of why people in the global south aren't living that privileged and yeah not feeling pity but uh, but forcing cooperations and working together yeah yeah definitely And also um, probably leveraging the power that organizations have. So, I mean, just knowing that um, even going back to charities and NGOs, they are less trusted than organizations and in particular private organizations based on the, you know, Edelman trust barometer. It's like if you you look at government or NGOs, sometimes you're actually unsure as an everyday person, like, is that money getting funneled into the right place? Is it being used appropriately? Are the right people in power to, to make the right decisions with that money? And so that's where the the impetus comes from private organizations who actually have um, hopefully the transparency, the tangible actions that they can show that they're um, spending the, the consumer's money appropriately. And, you know, in many cases, more so than NGOs and government moving much faster. So I can imagine that the the speed of change that you have, like particularly because you've only started the organization late 2021. I mean, the impact that you've made in that time is tremendous. Yeah, thanks thanks a lot. But I'm looking for more. That's maybe, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the spirit that I have inside me, like, hey, I want to grow bigger there. Of course, grow sustainably, but... Yeah, of course. Um, if you look back, we did already give now 27 people access to electricity. We we are pushing fair trade in, in Senegal, but um, of course, I have a long impact roadmap uh, inside my head and also yeah on my website of, of uh, things I still want to get done. And yeah, that also motivates, um, of course, like to, to keep on going, keep on pushing those those certain topics. Yeah, and also um, yeah, those are those are things that every every company can do. And uh, you, you work for McDonald's. You, there's so many projects that also McDonald's McDonald's pushes, and I'm guessing also like looking out for trends, which which is your your role especially. You will see that a lot of yeah, these future trends have something to do with yeah sustainability and creating impact in a certain way, and maybe the the core or the the best solution is something that goes with the purpose of McDonald's, but yeah, still very, a lot of meat, a lot of meat has been sold <laughs> by McDonald's. So yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of, still a lot of meat, still a lot of kind of the traditional products that, you know, were, were around in the 1950s when the company was created. But I think also the the other positive thing is 
because it's such a huge organization and I'm sure that many multinationals feel the same way. It's not just one thing that you deliver. Like a lot of what we do is in communities and building, supporting and sustaining local communities, whether it's through Ronald McDonald or whether it's through the franchisees. So I think that's another like really interesting angle connected into what you guys do with socially is thinking about, you know, the, the empowerment of the people that you're working with inside of more of that local, that global, local global impact space. Exactly. And that's also, of course, a huge, also like hurdle to pass. Um, Hey, if McDonald's would, would start a project like that, like just imagine McDonald's enabling one day of electricity with every Coke they sell or whatever. Oh my God, these 600 million people would have access to electricity like by next week, you know, and uh, they can't start that small because of course it's always bigger projects. But of course, I hope that also corporations like McDonald's and so on will, will do exactly these huge or these big scale projects also in that field. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or whatever it is that we are doing that we're not telling people about, hopefully we can spread the message a little bit more, which is like a little <laughs> side passion passion point that I have. Okay. So one, one thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is like a little bit of a side question, but I'm really curious about this. So I know that you're, you have a degree in business administration, so you know your stuff there. But the thing that's really interesting is you studied Spanish philosophy as well. Yeah. So where, like, where did that pop up from what was the <laughs> what was the yeah, so uh, desire there i think studying only economics is so boring and i, I also <laughs> had that feeling of like when i when i stopped school like i had to decide and i always knew like yeah I'm, it's it's way too boring and um yeah in 2010 i was in mexico on the northern part in mexicali and yeah i just fell in love with mexican culture and I just thought, yeah, hey, why don't I just study Spanish and also Hispano-American culture? And it's like a, a two-part bachelor, which I had there. And that's like the the reason. And um, that's also like uh, inter... Is it, is it an English word? Interdisciplinary? Mm-hmm. Yep, interdisciplinary, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, so thinking interdisciplinary is um, something that is like such a strength that we all need. And only if, if you only study business, you can you often can tell like yeah he's not looking left or right or he's not looking outside the box, huh? like mm-hmm. you would say. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was the reason. So um, yeah, I also got to stay in uh, Spain for um, half a, or no one semester, half a year, and that's actually right now where I'm producing the hot sauces because I'm also combining passions which I had along yeah my I'm still young but along my life and yeah in Granada you have like the best partner to do your hot sauces so I'm very thankful that I found him there. When you're talking about interdisciplinary thinking and not you know constraining your scope of interest or curiosity and really thinking about how you can connect more things and obviously that's helped you to generate even new business ideas and obviously new ways of thinking as well so what is your go-to when you're trying to uh, get that little spark of inspiration from from looking at something in a different way. Maybe an example from socially that helped me a lot is uh, I started like a food and purpose testing community. And um, I had a look at the 17 SDGs. So if you've never heard of the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals from the UN, and you have like this impact, which is just like categorized perfectly into 17 different areas. And for every SDG, I just 
contacted people which were on our podcast or which I just knew or or yeah, even got to know uh, just through that message and said, hey, would you be willing to test my products, like the hot sauces, but also test my impact model and just from your perspective and give me honest feedback. That helped me a lot, actually, to just have professionals and from different fields uh, have a look at my my project at that at that point. And yeah, we are always very stuck in, in our lane. And yeah, you, it's always worth like getting outside of your comfort zone, asking people like, hey, can you please give me honest feedback? And the honesty is actually very important because if you ask friends, they're all going to say, hey, you have an awesome product. Oh, the impact model is great. But you actually do need like honest feedback from people who know also like like who have expertise from their perspective. And uh, that helps a lot. So yeah, that's, I think that's something that helped me to look outside. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that so much. Um, so I'll, I'll drop a note in the show notes as well about the SDGs. If you haven't heard of the SDGs, then I am worried for the state of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that everyone has, but just in case. Yeah, just in case. Just in Yeah, case. just in case. But I think that that's incredible. I love that. And also just, you know, the honest feedback. So kind of marrying your intention with the path that you're actually taking and getting feedback on on how that's matching up. So I think that's incredible. Everything that you're doing is so great. And I can't wait to follow you and see what, what you do next. So make sure everyone you... If you're in Germany, check out the podcast, try the socially source, send me some and okay, I'll do my best (laughs) and follow Mo uh, for all the amazing things you will continue to do. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey. Thank you uh, for having me. This was a great interview and I wish you all the best for um, the future of the podcast and everything you do. So thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, or share the show, and I will see you next time. Until then, keep looking outside.